you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 284 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, going real quick over the A's loss to the Mariners, mostly I'm going to be going over uh, James Caprillian's pitch selection in that game and how that kind of did him in with that big three-run bomb. Um, I'm going to go over uh, Lazaro Armenteros being promoted to Lansing. I got some bullpen thoughts. I got some stuff on Matt Olson's defense. There is a lot to get to in this episode. So I'm not going to you know, tell you what's coming. I'm just going to give it to you. So that's what's coming up for you guys today. I also talked to Ryan Gridley. I, I, mean, I can say who it was because it happened. Ryan Gridley is going to be uh, my guest on the show for Thursday. We had a fantastic conversation. You're not going to want to miss that. We talked about the business that he started in quarantine, which sounds fascinating. And also that wacky, wacky inning in Lansing that I talked about on last week's episode. Uh, and, you know, his pitch selection, all of that stuff. So uh, and how we got into the game. It was uh, a great conversation, and that'll be Thursday's episode for you guys, so look forward to that. But uh, before I get into anything else, though, uh, today's sponsor is Rock Auto. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So real quick, A's lose to the Mariners in 10. Uh, 6-5 to five was the final on this one. They are now 31-25. and 25. They're getting closer to 500 by the day, which is is not the way you want to go. And obviously you want to win these games. Division games are always tough because when you're down in the division, like the Mariners and, you know, as you're built, trying to build your way back up, you can look at your division and be like, how do I beat that team right there? And you get up for those games and the A's are not matching that intensity. They're not hitting home runs right now, which is also uh, a concern. It's been five games. I want dingers, Bob. I don't know why that's Bob Melvin's fault, but it is. Uh, it's not. He's fine. Um, and so that's something that you have to kind of take into consideration when you're like, why aren't we beating these bad teams? Well, the Mariners are now a game over 500. Uh, would they be a game over 500 without playing the A's recently? Not necessarily, but it it is worth the consideration right there. Uh, so with that 31 and 25 record, they are now a half a game above the Houston Astros after they beat the brains out of uh, the Boston Red Sox. So uh, not going into that, but just for people that like to know where the A's are in the standings, they're still number one. Uh, but let's get into James Caprillian in just a little bit here. Uh, he went three and two thirds innings, which is a far cry from the seven inning two hit performance that he gave us on Wednesday. I was at that game. It was so much fun. This one looked a lot less fun. Uh, he went three and two thirds innings pitched, gave up five hits, four runs. Three of those were on a three run homer to Donovan Walton, who I did look this up, does exist. Uh, that is a real person in Major League Baseball. Baseball, Donovan Walton, he also played the game that I saw last week. Uh, 
he's not memorable. Anyway, so yeah, he gave up four runs in this game. Uh, James Caprilling gave up four runs in this game. He walked three, struck out three. Uh, the first inning looked really good for him, and then the rest of it wasn't great. The bullpen overall did a very, very good job in this one. Before Lou Trevino came in, they had gone five and two-thirds innings pitched, gave up two hits, no runs, no walks, struck out six. They'd been fantastic. Uh, obviously, Lou Trevino started with you know the runner on second, so that didn't help the situation whatsoever. And there was also uh, the the error on Matt Olson that I'll get into here in the second segment, but um, Lucharino ended up going two thirds of an inning, gave up one hit, one walk, two runs. None, neither of those were earned, but uh, yeah, it, it really put a sour taste in the mouth from uh, the, the rest of the bullpen had been fantastic. Lucharino uh, ran into a little bit of tough luck in that one, but uh, you know, y- you live and you learn, I guess. But what I really wanted to get into here was what got James Caprillion into a little bit of trouble here. And the home run that he allowed was on a curveball to Donovan uh, Walton. I, I keep wanting to say Mitchell because I went to one jazz game and I'm like, yeah, Donovan Mitchell. That's the Donovan that I know. Uh, Donovan Walton, who hit the three-run homer. And I think that James Caprillion had kind of pitched himself into a corner, became a little bit predictable uh, is what I'm seeing from the pitch readings here. And that's because he was using his curveball as his put away pitch or when he needed to get a strike because he wasn't able to locate his changeup and his four seamer as often as I think he would like to. And I I think that that really came back to bite him on 2-2 when he probably wanted to get a strike right there, uh, get out of that at bat uh, because he already had two guys on. He just wanted to get that strike out and get get going with uh, what was coming up next. And... I, I believe that as as a major league hitter, you kind of know what's working for the pitcher. He had been using that curveball a whole lot. He couldn't locate his fastball or his changeup. He had gone away from his sinker at that point. Uh, he hadn't really thrown sliders that often except to Kyle Lewis. And so you, you could almost sit curveball at that point. And that's what he did, I assume. And he took that one out of the park. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of what did in James Caprillion in this game was not switching up his pitches enough or, you know, not having the location that he is used to having. And so having to rely on one particular pitch, which was able to be ambushed by uh, by Donovan Mitchell there, <laughs> uh, Donovan Walton, sorry. Um, so I, I think that that's really what got him into trouble. And when, when you look at it, um, he had struck out, you know, this also happened with Kyle Lewis just a minute later, and that's he had struck out Kyle Lewis on sliders twice, and then you know he walks Jared Kellenick, and Kyle Lewis comes up again. He tries to start him off with a slider after this had been the put away pitch for the same guy two at bats already in this game, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I'm gonna hit this pitch. I am a major league batter." And then uh, that was the the fourth run that ended up ended up being scored there on that double by Kyle Lewis. So uh, he was a little bit predictable and trying to go to the well too many times. And I think that, um, so when you're looking at James Caprillion and this start, I think that the takeaway is more pitch sequencing as opposed to uh, just not being good for a day. Uh, his his command could have been a little bit better, I think, but I think that it was sequencing that did him in in this game in particular, and that's very correctable. So is he broken? I don't think so, but I did say that this is going to be a big start for him because it's the first time that he's going to be facing an opponent twice, and uh, you know it, it didn't work out for him this time. Let's hope that he grows from this. Uh, him and Sean Murphy can work a little bit better in the future, and uh, you know cloaking his pitches a little bit better and not going to the same pitch over and over and over and hoping for the same results because. Uh, 
hitting is hard, but if you keep doing the same thing, they're going to adjust and then they're going to be able to get RBI out of that. That's just how baseball works. Um, also, uh, the, the reason that I think that it's pitch, uh, pitch sequencing here is because Dioles Garrett came in in relief and he went two and a third innings. Uh, he was fantastic. He went 49% fastballs, maxing out at 91.3, which is, you know, a couple of ticks below what James Caprillian throws. And then he also threw 35% changeup. So it was two pitches. He was working on two pitches, went two and a third scoreless and was doing just fine just by mixing speeds and just keeping the, the bat off the barrel and that that's all that he had to do. Um, so I think that this is a manageable lineup to face for James Caprillion, as we you know we saw on Wednesday, but he has to be better at picking which pitches to throw in certain situations and, uh, you know, setting him up, pulling the string, that kind of stuff. And also uh, command. So that's my takeaway from this outing right here. Uh, sure. The A's got the loss, but uh, this is one of those learning experiences for James Caprillion. And I think that it, he, he's got the stuff. He, he'll be fine, I believe. Hopefully they don't just kick him out of the rotation because Luzardo's in the bullpen now, but I think that Caprillion has pitched well enough uh, in previous outings to earn an, at least another shot to prove himself in this rotation. Uh, again, that, that start will be in Colorado, so uh, we'll see, because Colorado, field of nightmares, and I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, the A's do not have to face Antonio Zenzadella, who shut them down twice last year, so that's that's a plus. Um, I also had some very kooky thoughts, and uh, it's mostly stemming from the new knock on the A's right now. Obviously, the, the, the run differential, that one's getting on. They're like, ah, they have negative run differential. They stink. Boo. Uh, but the new one is becoming that the record against winning teams is below 500. So how can they be a good team if they're not beating, you know, other good teams? Because they are 13 and 8 against teams with a greater than 500 record. Uh, that's, you know, obviously five games below. That's not great. Uh, they're 18 and seven against teams below 500. So they're just creaming teams that they should, which is kind of how you baseball that that's the A's formula in most years is beat the teams that you should and then do okay against the rest of them. And that's kind of what I've been saying for weeks now is, yeah, if you play the Astros, you know, decently, and then you just beat up on like the Texas Rangers, you're a really good team overall. So at least record-wise, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, make or break in the playoffs. I don't know if it's going to be a good scenario for the playoffs, but uh, yeah, that, that's just kind of how they roll. Um, so I think that this, these last, you know, four games against the Seattle Mariners have all been a ploy to get Seattle above 500. So now, now that they are 28 and 27, the Seattle Mariners are 28 and 27. Now the A's are going to win the next two games and improve their record against teams above 500 because the A's put them in that situation. So that's what I'm going with. Um, it's all been a ploy. The A's are going to win the next two handily. Uh, they, they got Chris Bassett going in this one. And uh, I feel very confident with Chris pitching right now. Uh, I'm a little bit worried. Now, the, my only worry is that the calendar is flipping to June. And so he is going to be starting a new month where he had been the best starter in the American League in May. And now it's a new month. And sometimes that plays funky things just because baseball players are weird. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But uh, that, that is my my only worry with Chris Bassett facing the Seattle Mariners uh, on, a, on Tuesday. So that's what I got for you guys here. Uh, coming up on the show, I'm talking about the A's defense and Matt Olson's play at first base. So stay locked in with Locked on A's and I'll be right back. 
Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items of up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma. Karma members and counting. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com and rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers because chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe. Uh, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. I'm going live on Friday at game time, I believe. So be there or be somewhere else. It doesn't matter. <laughs> also, make sure to uh, email us any questions that you guys have to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get into the defining play of the game. Um, obviously, if you watched A's postgame live, uh, Matt Olson was not happy with himself after he's like, uh, they're like, Hey, how was the game? He's like, it was fine. Uh, so he was very, very mad that he let that ball go under the glove and down the line. And, uh, the Mariners got on to, they got runners on second and third and by that, and that was one out. So, uh, they, they basically just needed a sack fly to win the game. And that's what they got. So, uh, yay, extra inning rule. I'm really still not mad at it because this is the first A's loss that I can remember in extra innings with that rule. So, uh, they've been doing just fine up until yesterday. So, oh, well, it happens. Uh, they were bound to lose one eventually. But uh, if you missed the play, basically, uh, it was a just right down the line, almost over the first base bag. And Olsen had his glove down, and then he picked it up. He was trying to scoop it real quick, and uh, it did not work. It went under his glove, and it went down the, the uh, first base line. So uh, that happened. They got second and third, and uh, the, the game was already tied by that point. So this was for the winning run, and they were at second and third base. Well, I guess the, the winning run was at third base. The runner at second did not matter in this one. Um, and 
this leads me to talk about something that I had seen before. I hadn't mentioned it because I was like, eh, let's see how this one goes. But after this game, I had to look into Matt Olson's defense according to the sabermetric stuff. And uh, according to fan graphs for this season, he has negative three defensive runs saved. This is platinum glove gold, go, platinum glover. Matt Olson has negative three defensive runs saved. And in the postgame stuff, they're like 99.7% of the time he makes that play. I'm like, not this season. He hasn't been great this season, according to the sabermetrics or, you know, the metrics, if you will. Um, and, you know, since 2017, he had, uh, th this is just by comparison to see where he'd been previously. Uh, since 2017, he had a five DRS and eight, a 12. And then last year in roughly the same amount of games as he's played right now, he had a three. So that's a big, big swing right there, if you're thinking about it. And the A's, as a whole, are 17th in baseball on defense right now, according to, you know, just DEF, which is a, a stat on Fangraphs that I don't really know how to use or how they calculate it or any of that stuff. I just know that it's basically like, hey, it's everybody mixed together right now. And, and that's the team as a whole. And Matt Olson has been the worst defender on the A's. Uh, Stephen Biscotti also hasn't been great. Mark Canna also hasn't been great, but... Matt Olson is the worst one right now, and he is one of the cornerstones of just gold glovery, and he is not doing it right now. And uh, according to outs above average, which is on Baseball Savant, so it's very similar to DRS, but it's just a different website's version. So basically, I just use those to compare to one another, and uh, if one of them's like really high on somebody and then the other one's really low, then you're like, well, what's going on here? But if they are kind of working in step, then you're like, all right, well, that makes sense. That's probably what's going on here. And that is kind of the case over there at Baseball Savant with OAA or outs above average, and that is uh, Matt Olson has not been great this year. He is in the sixth percentile, the sixth one, just six, the number six percentile in baseball right now in outs above average. That is, uh, that's atrocious right there. That is really, really not good. That is not going to win a gold glove. Um, and, you know, last year when Evan White won the, the gold glove at first base, you're like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. Shortened season. Matt Olson's coming for you, my friend. Well, he apparently is not. Um, and you know, the same trend kind of follows with, uh, both, you know, uh, OAA and DRS where he was, you know, on the upswing, he'd been looking good and now he's not. Um, so I, I'm wondering if there's an injury or if it's defensive positioning and he's not able to get to balls where he's usually able to get to them. Um, if it's just a small sample size, something's going on here and I want to know what it is. But uh, I don't just yet, but uh, I felt like that would be that this is something that people should know where he hasn't been as sure gloved, sure handed, I guess, uh, as we're used to seeing Matt Olson be. And uh, he's been fantastic with the bat. So don't get me wrong. Love Matt Olson. But is there a way to maximize the defense at first base and maybe increase the A's team defense by playing Matt Olson less? And I, I don't know if this is a thing that you should do because uh, Matt Olson has been great for so long for his, the entirety of his career in Oakland. He's been fantastic at the corner right there, but they also have Mitch Moreland right now. And he's also a really good defender at first base. He has a one DRS and he's barely played. So, uh, he's a former gold Glover. I believe he's got a, a really good glove over there. Uh, Matt Olson's a bigger target. So that might help, you know, with, uh, Matt Chapman throwing balls wherever the hell he wants to. And Matt Olson's like, I'm tall. I got this boom. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily a move you want to make, but there is the option where if you want to give Olson, you know, just a day to DH, Go ahead, and if they're both going to be in the lineup, just switch the positioning and 
maybe, maybe that helps. Maybe that just helps clear his mind or you get some motivated to be like, yeah, I'm still going to stop making these plays. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that he's one of those guys that needs that kick in the pants. I think that he's, you know, going to be down on himself after that play enough. Um, I, I, maybe it's just, you know, he's out there every single day and you know, a, a rest, you know, once every couple of weeks, maybe that's what he needs. So, uh, Mitch Moreland first base, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I'm like on board with the plan, but if it happens, let's see how it goes, I guess. At the very least, it's something to consider, I think. And uh, I mean, let me know what you guys think. I, I know that it's a wild idea and I'm not sure that I'm necessarily behind it, but it is an idea. So uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter at Locked On A's and let me know what you guys think about that. Uh, I got more coming up for the bullpen talk. Uh, I'm going to go over the A's bullpen. I, I posed a question on Twitter uh, during the game and I was like, hey, if you could improve one area on this team, what area would you per, uh, you know improve at the trade deadline? And everybody sent me like four areas. So uh, that didn't help. So I'm going to talk about the bullpen instead <laughs> and just go over uh, why I think that the A's bullpen might actually be okay. So uh, stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams just continue their runs in the playoffs. You know who was fantastic on Sunday night? The Colorado Avalanche. They beat the Las Vegas Golden Knights 7-1, just killing the dream of of Dave Cavill of moving the A's to Vegas because uh, they lost that one game so handily and Oakland franchises have never lost in the playoffs. So obviously uh, the dream is dead. They're staying in Oakland. Yay. Anyways, head on over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code locked on bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Pods if that's where you're listening. Uh, I don't know if you can do that anywhere else, but if you can, do it. That, that's very much appreciated. Love hearing kind, kind words about uh, the Locked On A's podcast presented by Locked On. <laughs> also, make sure to follow us at uh, Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. And if you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's go over the bullpen because that was one area that a lot of fans want to see uh, improved upon before the trade deadline or, you know, at the trade deadline, uh, you know, going towards that last couple of months of the season and hopefully into the playoffs. And so I, I wrote down the A's bullpen right now and it, it's okay. It's not a bad bullpen. I know that there's a couple of guys that everybody's like, eh, this guy, I don't know about them. But at the same time, I, I mean, Trevino gave up the the, the lead and the game in this game against the Mariners, he's not going anywhere. So he's stuck. Um, Romo maybe at a, at a point, but you need somebody better to replace him with. And uh, so he, here's the A's bullpen as currently constructed. And that is Jake Diekman and Lou Trevino. Those are the eighth and ninth guys uh, on whatever day. They're just flip-flopping those guys. And uh, so those are your closers and setup guys. There you go. Use uh, Mara Petit, who's been fantastic this season. Uh, I'm putting Cam Bedrosian in, you know, some late inning work too. He's been pretty good so far. I've liked him. Uh, Jesus Luzardo, I don't know how he's going to be used, but 
I could see him being the closer if he's going to stick in the bullpen for a while, because why the hell not? Uh, and then you got Diolas Guerra, who had another two and a third innings of shutout baseball on Monday. He's been looking, you know, okay. I think he had a 4-5 ERA over the course of May, but uh, that was before uh, yesterday's game. But still, he's been pretty decent for the most part. Uh, and then you got Sergio Romo, who's been all right. You know, he's been okay. Uh, if they cut him, sure, I guess. Uh, and then you got Burt Smith, who's very beloved by the A's coaching staff. So he's not going anywhere. And so then on the injured list, you got Trevor Rosenthal, who could be that, that closer type that you're going for. Whether or not he's going to be okay to come back, I do not know. That is very much up in the air right now. So if he if it looks like he's coming back, then you don't necessarily need to make that that big move for that late inning piece because Trevor Rosenthal could be it. Or at the very least, he's a nice support piece for like the sixth or the seventh inning if a starter you know doesn't go long enough. So he's a nice piece to have in your back pocket if he's going to be available. And then you also got J.B. Wendelkin, who's been dealing with his oblique strain for the last month, but he should be back at some point, right? Those are two pretty good pieces right there. And then to just top everything off, what if AJ Puck comes up and is in the bullpen? All of a sudden, this bullpen is kind of nasty, I think. I and mean, especially in short bursts, you got Luzardo and Puck just short bursts. Yes, I am here for that. I'm not sure that this bullpen is going to need help. Is it a lockdown group? No, not necessarily. But it, does it have a lot of upside? Of course it does. We've seen Luzardo in the playoffs out of the bullpen just being filthy and nasty and giving the A's length. That's what you kind of need in today's game in the playoffs is somebody like Luzardo or Puck or, God forbid, both of them. I would love that. Pair both, you know, one of them with Chris Bassett, one of them with like Frankie Montas, and there you go. That not not necessarily tandem starter, but you go uh, five innings with both those, or you know, Chris Bassett can go seven. I don't care, uh, but you know, five innings out of Montas, or you know, two times through the lineup, whatever, whichever comes first, and then you throw the other guy with them, get three innings out of them, and then just close it out. That is a formula for success right there, and I, I like that. And then you save everybody else. For, like if Sean Manaya gets in trouble, pull him. You, you can pull him and then you're like, ah, deal is Garrett, go. Or maybe not him. Uh, maybe you go with, uh, you know, Cam Bedrosian and use Mayor Petiton, but you'd have a much more rested bullpen. And so I like the arms that the A's already have in house. They also have Ramin Goudouan, who had a very solid May. I think he had like a 1-5 ERA in May. Uh, he turned it around after looking very, very bad in April. So is he a long-term piece? Would he make the playoff roster? I don't know. Probably not. But he is going to be able to give them innings to get them to October, I believe. Um, so th they've got some good, good pieces here. And I don't know if you want to use any of the limited trade capital that the A's do have to improve this group right here, which already might be pretty good. I think that you want to go after a bat. That, that's where I think I'm going right now. And that's, you know, mostly because the last start that we saw out of Chris Bassett, he was, you know, ace level dominant. He was great. He was so, so good. Shamanai has been really good. James Caprillion had that one little blow up uh, in yesterday's game, but I, I, I see some good things out of him. Maybe he could be the fourth starter in a playoff rotation. I'm not sure. Then you got Frankie Montas too, and he's been pitching pretty decently. He had like a three ERA in the month of May. So um, obviously we're still many months removed from October. We don't know how arms are going to be holding up, how fatigued they're going to be towards the end of the season, but they've got a nice little group. They've got a little bit of depth and uh, I, I want to see 
where they're going with this, I think that they need a bat. They need a bat that can hit like Garrett Cole or Tyler Glass now or whoever they're facing in the playoffs. They need a bat that can do that. They need their their own G-man joy. They need that guy. Uh, what Should it be Trevor Story? Hopefully. Uh, I don't think that it will be because he's going to be owed money. So, uh, yeah, we need somebody who doesn't make money and is also very, very good. So we're probably looking at some sort of a platoon guy. Uh, I think that Miguel Rojas would be a nice, solid addition. Uh, maybe he could pick up sh- second base and shortstop. Uh, not at the same time, obviously, but, you know, give Jed Lowry and Elvis Andrews a little bit of playing time off. You could use Chad Pinder more in the outfield, I would I would hope, because uh, he's been very, very good in the outfield. Maybe have Mark Canna DH a little bit more since he's one of the, the lackluster defenders that the A's have. So uh, you improve defense by, you know, quote-unquote subtraction. And uh, I think that that could be a way to go for the A's. But uh, yeah, I'll do you know episodes on that once we get a little bit closer to the trade, trade deadline and see what the A's actually need to improve upon. So I'll have that all up for you guys. But uh, before I get out of here, I do want to talk about uh, Lazarito just real quick. Lazaro Armenteros was promoted from Stockton where he spent the last couple of years. Uh, well, I mean, 2019 and then no season in 2020. Then he started there even though it was low A. But now he's going back up to high A in Lansing. So uh, that's cool. The promotion is great. He is hitting 431 right now, and he, I think he was like eight for his last eight. So he was on fire, and that's all great news. But I do want to point out that his walk rate was actually down to 7.1 from 13.6. So almost half, he's walking half as much. Uh, obviously, he's hitting a lot more, but he's walking half as much than uh, from what he was doing in 2019. His strikeout rate is down to 37.1, which if you're saying, wow, that's still really high. Yeah, but it used to be 42.2. So it went down 5%. So that's that's nice, I guess. Um, and as I said, he's hitting 431 right now. So he's been fantastic for the stocks and ports, but he also has a 703 BABIP, which means there is a lot of luck and that that is probably... Uh, well, not probably. It is not sustainable to keep hitting like he's been doing right now. He's he's got like a 198 WRC plus. He's been fantastic, but it just doesn't seem sustainable. But at the same time, he's 22 and is Rule Five eligible after this season. He was also Rule Five eligible coming into the season, but uh, maybe somebody's going to take a chance on him after this season. Who knows? But. I think that with him hitting the ball hard right now and doing well and being on an upswing in his career currently, it's it's time to find out what the A's got. And I think that that's why they're making this move right now and sending him up to Lansing for that next test at the next level. Because uh, you don't want to send him up when he's struggling, so why not do it when he's on fire? And uh, I think that that's kind of the, the reasoning right here. Uh, maybe if he keeps doing good. Maybe they try and trade him. Maybe if he sucks, they try and trade him. Uh, Cause I, I think that they'd want to try and get something out of Lazaro Armenteros uh, as opposed to losing him most likely in the rule five draft. Cause he'd probably be a minor league rule five draft. And uh, it is very foggy how that actually works. I think that he would have to stay on like double A AA or triple A roster for the entirety of the season, uh, which it shouldn't be that hard. I wouldn't imagine. So uh, the A's would probably lose him uh, if he were to be eligible for the Rule 5 draft. So uh, they might try and trade him if they don't plan on putting him on their own 40-man roster before, you know, December. So uh, there's lots of time to figure this out, obviously, but this is probably where the A's thinking is right now is he's 22. It's put up or shut up time. Show us what you got at the next level, and uh, we'll assess from there. So that's what I think is going on right now because that 703 BABIP is going to go down at some point, and uh, 
Well, let's see what he's got. He's got to, you know, improve his walk rate from, you know, back to where it was. Maybe not back to where it was, but uh, get it going in that direction at least. And he's got to cut down on those strikeouts. That's that's the knock on him right now is he strikes out way too much. Uh, I'll be reaching out to the Lansing Lugnuts uh, announcer uh, fairly frequently. So I'll uh, try to give you guys updates as often as I can. But uh, that is all that I got for you guys today. If you still need some more support stock, go listen to the Lockdown Today podcast. They're talking about the Jazz. They're talking about the NBA playoffs, talking about the NHL playoffs. They're doing lots of great work over there. Peter Bukowski, great, great guy. Uh, But that is all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. 